Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that every single person in this place is going to leave here differently than they came into this place. I thank you that any kind of anxiety is gone in the name of Jesus. I thank you that all insomnia and lack of sleep is gone in the name of Jesus. I thank you that high blood pressure is gone in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, and I speak prophetically over this house that this is a house where the prodigals, they can come home, and they come home, and they don't feel judged when they come home. But the Father's arms are wide open, Father. So I thank you for this house, Lord Jesus, this house of grace, this house of power, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I got a book right here. It's called Worship Without Limits. And I can tell you that when you worship, it's without limits. The only limit you can put on it is you, <laughs> how much you want to worship. And the time when you don't feel like worshiping is the perfect time to worship. When you got a headache, you lift up your hands. When the bank account is empty, you lift up your hands and you shift the atmosphere. And I see it over and over and over and over again. In fact, the day that I ministered here, uh, that Sunday, I went to Boulder and we went and we worshiped in this, really just this riot. It's called the, what is it called? The, the mall crawl. And it's about three, 4,000 people that all look like demons, gays, lesbians, witch doctors, everybody. And I went smack dab in the middle of them. And there was this rock behind me. And as I was worshiped, we worshiped for three hours and there was nothing. There was nothing. And as I'm worshiping, it looks like nothing is happening because what they do at this festival or this riot is they climb these light posts and they begin to jump from the light posts into the crowd, stage diving from about 25 feet in the air. So I'm singing, you are worthy of it all. And there one goes, and there goes another one. <laughs> and I'm like, the blood of Jesus covers them. They're not going to break their neck. But, but years before, so not last year, but normally people die at this thing. People break cars and there's vandalism and the police, they don't even come. They're like, kids are told, do not go to the mall crawl. It's dangerous, trampling, all this kind of stuff. And so we go smack dab in the middle of this. And I'm standing right in front of this monument. It's kind of like this rock. And I'm worshiping. And I'm thinking, man, this is not working. And I feel a construction cone, big construction cone, thrown on my head from the rock. <laughs> and I'm like, that was interesting. <laughs> but I didn't feel it. <laughs> and I just continued just singing the blood, just speaking over these kids. And then I felt something poured in my head. And I looked at one of the evangelists that was with me and I said, what is that? He said, it's beer. I was like, praise God, it's not anything else. 
<laughs> but I mean, there was a moment where the atmosphere shifted and you could feel it, it cut. And I got up and I started shouting, Jesus can set you free. You're lost, you're messed up, you got depression. Who needs Jesus? And all these kids just started raising their hands. 50, 60 people gave their lives to the Lord. And it looked like nothing was happening. But then I was like, man, Jesus, we're having fun today. And then the joy of the Lord hit the place. And all these kids start jumping up and up and down, lifting up their hands, going, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then the power hit. And after we were done, it only takes 30 seconds of saying Jesus. And a riot that the police can't take care of ends. And all of these gays and lesbians and, and Satanists and all these people come up to our team. They're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Nobody's here. Christians are never here. What are you doing here? We're like, we're here for you, and you need Jesus right now. And they're like, yes, we need Jesus. We're messed up. We need Jesus. So worship will shift the atmosphere. Who wants this book? <laughs> I'm going to give it to you, brother, right here. <laughs> right here. <laughs> Another thing that I've been working on that I'm just so, I'm so proud of is I believe that God is building an army of worshipers. Worshipers that don't just worship from the stage, but they shift the atmosphere wherever they go. And I believe that it's not just going to be stadiums that are going to be full of people, but it's going to be a worshiper on every single corner of the city. Come on, if, if the Muslims can just take out their carpet and lay down and begin worshiping with absolutely no shame, then hello. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I believe that God is mobilizing worshipers. And it doesn't take money. <laughs> it takes courage just to go out there and begin to shift the atmosphere. And I've seen it time and time and time again, where you go out, you just take your guitar, you begin acoustically worshiping, and demons begin screaming and yelling because you're there and it was their ter territory and now you're on their territory. And they get upset and then they get cast out and, and then there's breakthrough in the region. I've seen it and it doesn't take much. It takes just an acoustic guitar player, an evangelist, and intercessors surrounding, and you shift the atmosphere. Amen. And so I put my whole heart and soul into this worship school. And I believe if you're a pastor, or even if you're just here right now, you're gonna be encouraged by this worship school. And so you can, you can scan the QR code. It'll take you to a website called Worship Without Limits. And there's there's different levels of the worship school. Each level will bless you. 
There's special deals for pastors, for whole worship teams on that. And I believe that it's going to bless you. But open up Exodus chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1. You know, when I moved from Russia, I was very, very, very busy. Uh, we released an album, and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I want you to use me. But in one night, the album went viral in like 15 nations. And it became the worship album. And I said, Lord, wow, what just happened? And I began to travel nine months out of the year. And I was like, man, I wanted you to use me, but not that much. <laughs> I mean, you got to be careful the way you pray. Are you hearing me, guys? You got to be careful. You cry out to God, say, give me compassion for the world. You find yourself in a gay parade. You better be careful <laughs> how you pray because God's going to answer your prayer. Yeah. In Miami, there's about four of us, 170,000 gays and lesbians and everything you can imagine. And the four of us was enough to shift the atmosphere. Because normally in a gay parade, if you say anything about the name of Jesus, you get a knuckle sandwich. But that's because you go in the power of your flesh and not the spirit. See, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord. Come on, say that with me. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord. And some People ask me, they say, Philip, where do you get these ideas? It's like, man, I was drunk when I got them. <laughs> I was drunk in the spirit, <laughs> worshiping. God gives me an idea, and I'm like, man, that's awesome. And then finally, when I'm out of it, I'm like, what were you thinking? <laughs> you see, there are things that God can do through you only if you get filled with the wine of the Holy Ghost. If you go out in your own strength, in your own knowledge, it's not going to work. <laughs> but if you go out in the power of the Spirit, because you don't just have knowledge, but you have revelation, that's what's going to change everything. And we'd be worshiping, and there'll be just some guy walk up to us and say, man, I need to get saved. Nobody really talked to him. He just I need to get saved. I know exactly who you are, and I'm messed up. And instead of a riot that normally takes place, we saw 10 people give their lives to the Lord. And in the last um, little bit of a, over a year and a half, we've seen around 1,350 people give their lives to the Lord like this. And these are the people that are... You, they're so far from God. It's like you can feel the flame of hell on their skin. And they're not coming to church. You got to go to them. You got to go to them. So I was seeing revival in Russia, seeing people healed, saved, everything. And then I got a hold of God's generals. Book God's Generals. Have you guys ever read it? And I was like, man, America got hit with the glory. 
But I'm thinking to myself, why am I reading about America if I'm seeing revival in Russia? But I'm just reading it, reading it, reading it, reading it. And then it's like, Lord, what do you want? It's like, I want you to go to America. And when I finally made the announcement, I had all these pastors, bishops say, Philip, we hear that you're going to America and you're moving. No. <laughs> and I go, what do you mean? It was like, we need you here. We need you to train the army of worshipers. We need you to go to our conferences. We need you here. What you carry, we need you to pass on. I was like, guys, I've been to your conference like five times. I've passed it on like five times. And they would say, America is doomed. America is doomed. Russia is alive and nothing bad is going to happen in Russia. Everything bad is going to happen in America. Have you seen the headlines? Have you seen the gays, the lesbians? Have you seen what they're teaching in schools? Have you seen that? And I said, how did you get saved? And this is a bishop. And he goes, an American came to my village and preached the gospel. And now i got 150 churches. And I said, so America sowed into you. This is the law of reaping and sowing. You reap what you sow. So if America has been sowing into the rest of the world for the last 200 years, America is about to reap the greatest revival it has ever seen. I'm telling you, it's here. It's here. It's here. Come on, lift up a shout. It is here right now. You don't have to wait for it. You don't have to wait for some evangelist to call you out to go be a part of it. You go be a part of it today. You shock the darkness today. You see, because if the darkness can so courageously defy the light through TikTok, through Instagram, through Disney movies, through all of the junk out there, there's no shame. Then how much more should the church of Jesus Christ shock the darkness? Why do I say shock the darkness? Because no one expects me to be there. <laughs> they don't expect it. It was so cool. I remember in San Francisco, I sat up in front of the giant stadium. And I'm worshiping, and as they're coming out, like 20,000 people are coming out. And I'm worshiping. And these kids, they're getting saved, getting healed, delivered. It's happening. And this, this demon-possessed person starts walking around me. And she gets on the phone, and she begins talking to her friend, who I'm sure is a witch or demon-possessed. She's like, they're worshiping God. They're worshiping God. It's as if to say, how in the world did they get here? This is not on the schedule. <laughs> this is not on the schedule. This is our territory. <laughs> the righteous will possess the land. Amen. The righteous possess the land. Amen. That's Psalm 37, verse 29. So get ready to possess the land. 
Come on, lift up your hands. Just say, Lord, I possess the land. I possess the land. Come on, you possess houses, you possess lands, but I'm not just talking about that. You possess the region in the spirit. You possess the na- neighborhood that you live in, the school that you go to, the workplace that you are. You shift the atmosphere wherever you are because the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is on the inside of you. And it quickens your mortal body. So you're healed. <laughs> Exodus chapter 1. You guys thought I lost where we were, didn't you? (laughs) I believe this is very prophetic of the days that we're living in. Exodus chapter 1. In time, Joseph and all the brothers died. This is verse 6. Ending that entire generation. And you could say that it would seem like that an entire generation that feared God is gone. Presidents that learned the alphabet by scriptures in the Bible. That's what this country was built on, guys. And it would seem like that is gone. And It's interesting when you read this, in time Joseph and all his brothers died, ending that entire generation. So what happened? The brothers did not pass it on. You hear me, guys? They did not pass it on. So it is our responsibility to pass it on to our kids. It is our responsibility to pass it on to our grandkids. My daughter, she's seen legs grow out. My daughter has seen demons cast out. She's 14 years old, and she was with me in that riot. She saw God move. She's seen it all. It's become normal for her to shock the darkness. I remember one time I was worshiping, and there was this demon-possessed person that was right in front of us, and she said, Dad, I saw that person. And I just began to pray. You have no right to be here. You don't have any authority. You leave right now. And she said, Dad, and she left. When I started praying, not when you were playing, but when I started praying. (laughs) I'm like, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because she's going to do more than I do. Amen. Our kids are going to do more than we do. You know, it's interesting that there was an entire generation that saw the power of God in the 70s and the 60s, right? So you would think to yourself that the next generation would burn for God. That makes sense, right? But this... This is what I truly believe. We've compromised. Absolutely, Pastor. But here's the thing. Is when the parents were in the main auditorium, the kids were in children's school. 
So the parents are experiencing a move of God. The kids are being taken care of, which I have nothing against. But there are some things that you can't teach. They must be caught. I'm going to say that again. The songs that we sing, I exalt thee. When you sing that song immediately, boom. Why? Because it wasn't written, let's write this song and see how many royalties we can get off this song. It wasn't written like that. It was caught in the presence of God. And let me tell you something. Our kids have to catch the things in the presence of God. And so what happened was in this verse that somewhere, somewhere, Joseph, he was on fire. He passed it on to his kids. They caught it. But the next generation did not catch it because they weren't in it. Can I tell you that when you're experiencing revival, your children have to be there right next with you. Doesn't matter if it's a four-hour service. They're going to catch it. And when they catch it, they're going to get something that can't be taught. Because it's one thing to hear about revival. It's another thing to live through it. There's a scripture. It's Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. It says, me and my offspring... We choose life. We choose life. Psalm 128 verse 2 says, Your children's children will thrive in the presence of God. Yes, Lord. Daniel 11.32 says that those that know God It doesn't say those that know about God. It doesn't say those that went to church. It doesn't say those that went to a Christian school. It says those that know God will do mighty exploits. Man, this next generation, I'm telling you, they're thinking differently. They're talking differently. They got a fire on the inside and there's no fear. We gotta pass it on. We gotta pass it on. You see, Joseph's brothers, they made a mistake. They did not pass it on. And when you don't pass it on, verse eight happens. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. You could say, But in America, that seems like it's the case. But it's like they don't even know what the Bible says. They're talking about how you can live by your feelings, which you can feel that you're a woman tomorrow if I'm a man. You can feel like you're a man if you're a woman. But let me tell you, God said, male and female and nothing in between. Nothing in between. And when he looked at that, he said, man, that's good. (laughs) He said, it is good. 
But we're living in a generation that is ruled by their feelings. It seems like they know nothing about what this nation was established upon. And because that happens, the church or the people of God began to be persecuted. That's what happened here. Let me tell you something. You can't shut down the church. Come on, you cannot shut down the church because the church is not just a building. The church is the body of Christ. And if you shut down the church, we're going to go to the house. And if they shut down the house, we're going to go to the streets. Because it's not what you do, it's who you carry. It's who you carry on the inside. The worst thing the devil could try to do was shut down the church because the church has become stronger than ever before and revival is more ripe than it's ever been before and people are full of the fire of God. They're full of the fire because they understand they shut down our church. What if they do it tomorrow? Well, I'm going to the streets because they can't shut down my mouth because I got a constitution. I said, I got a constitution, amen. You have a right, you have a freedom that people died for. Amen. (laughs) You know, so many times when I'm worshiping, it would seem that the cops are supposed to shut me down. But they walk up to me and they go, man, you're such a blessing. You're bringing so much healing into this region. Nobody ever does this. If there are only more of you doing this. I said, if there are only more doing this. Who unapologetically worship God. We shift the atmosphere. That's what revival is. It's the spirit of David coming on people. And I love this. When it talks about David, he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that is defying God? It's like, you're messing with my God. You think you can... For 40 days, mess with my God, and you're not going to get a consequence? David was like, not my house. (laughs) Come on, say it. Not in my house. Not in Colorado. (laughs) Not in this region. You know, when... When I first heard about Boulder, I heard about Boulder and somebody told me, you wanna go to a region where all churches die? Go to Boulder. That made me so mad. I was like, that's exactly where I'm going. (laughs) Because God speaks to the dry bones and he says, let them live. 
and then there's muscles on their bones, and then they start moving, and then the place where people say, it can't be done, is where God shifts the atmosphere, and God makes an example of the enemy's camp, brings confusion into the enemy's camp. I went to the Capitol in Denver, absolutely unannounced. Took my guitar and a couple of people, went to the rotunda and began singing, it's your breath in my lungs. And let me tell you, there's a lot of echo in the rotunda. (laughs) I see people go, what's going on? Who let him in here? And for two hours, I worship God. And finally, somebody's like, are you almost done? This is kind of like not allowed. I'm like, no, I'm not done. It's like, we're going to have to shut you down. This is not allowed. And then this guy in a wheelchair starts riding up. And he's dressed like a politician. And I think to myself, I'm going to be shut down. It's going to be right now. Because this guy has authority. He just sits there. And when he came, all the people that were trying to shut me down, they left. Because he's not shutting me down. He listens for 20, 30 minutes. The evangelists and the intercessors surround him, just lay hands on him, pray for him. It ends up that he's a Democrat, and he's from the House of Representatives. And what he says to me afterwards, he says, thank you. Thank you. Since I was in my office, and I felt a presence that I hadn't felt since I was eight years old. And I remembered that it was the presence from this, this guy who used to be on TV. Remember this guy who was on TV and he would draw? Yeah. I forgot his name. What's his name? Bob Ross. He says that, that there was a presence. There was a presence that I felt when I was eight years old watching that TV show and I knew it was God. And so I rolled up the rotunda to get closer to the presence of God. We prophesied over him. We prayed for him. He didn't say, don't touch me. He said, I need more of this. Yay! Amen. And he's not a Republican. He's a Democrat. And this will get you shouting because he said, this were his last words and he was speaking prophetically. He said, this is your house. He said, this is your house, and don't let anybody kick you out of here, because this is your house. Come on, guys. I had a meeting with the pastor after that, and he said, Philip, how are you doing? I said, I'm good. I just worshiped in the rotunda for two hours. He said, can you do that? 
I said, I don't know. I didn't ask. <laughs> Recently, he called me. He said, Philip, I don't think you know, but now, because, and I believe you broke through in the rotunda, but because you did this, that now there is actually scheduled prayer in a room in the rotunda, every, not in the rotunda, in the capital. Every single Monday, they're worshiping, and it's become a house of prayer. I didn't have a permit to do it. I had a revelation. And don't get me wrong, I try to get permits when I can. But many times they just don't give it to you. <laughs> so my permit is the Constitution. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Come on, just say ha ha, Mr. Devil. <laughs> I'm telling you, Colorado is not going to be known as a liberal state. It's going to be known as a state that is full of the fire of God because of the prayers and the fasting and the crying out. God doesn't have a deaf ear. He's heard the prayers. And he will save America because of the prayers of past generations. Even if the generation in the church, I mean, let's be honest, not every single church is full of fire. This church is. Amen? But even though there's compromise, in the body of Christ. What God is doing is he's cleaning up the church. Because fire can't be contaminated with filth. God's cleaning up the church. Amen? He's cleaning up the church. I was talking to a friend of mine, and he's a part of the Methodist church. And he said, Philip, my heart just breaks with what the Methodist church is teaching and receiving, all the rainbow flags, all this stuff that's going on. It just shouldn't be like this. And he said, but don't think that the whole Methodist church is okay with this. Because there are churches. And he just said, I just paid $500,000 to get out of that, of that cult. Because I'm on fire. And he says, there are churches that are following suit. Because they will not pass on that junk to the next generation. I'm telling you, God's moving. Don't look at what they're showing you on the news. Don't look at it. Because God is moving behind the scenes. Because when Elisha 
sent the servant. Said, what do you see? I don't see anything. <laughs> it's like, there's a huge army. They're killing us. There's like five armies together. They hate you. They're coming to kill you. He's like, no, no, no. What do you see? <laughs> he said, Lord, open their eyes. Open his eyes. And it says that his eyes were opened. And he saw the heavens full of chariots of fire. Cannot tell you that the heavens are full of chariots of fire over this nation. And we're about to see the greatest revival that history has ever known. And he's going to use you. He's going to use your children. He's going to use your grandchildren. And this state is going to be known as a state of the fire of God. Woo! Let me tell you something. People from Colorado are crazy. I like it. <laughs> well, when you talk to some of these Colorado people, they're crazy. They climb mountains, do all these crazy stuff. And then they're crazy sinners too. <laughs> But when they're crazy sinners, they get saved. Boy, do they get crazy for God. They get crazy for God. And there's some crazy people that are about to get saved and get crazy for God. Man, pray in the Spirit. Man, yeah, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. And they can try to shut down the church all they want. But the church of God will become stronger and stronger and stronger and have more fire of the Holy Ghost. You can study Acts. And when you study Acts, you will not find one altar call in a church. I don't have anything against altar calls in the church. But we go, gotta go out to the world, guys. That's where they got saved, healed. It was in houses. Politicians got saved. Cornelius, Paul went to his house. Are you hearing me, guys? We've got to go out there and shock the darkness. You can't shut down the church of God. And I love verse 12. Look at it. It says, verse 12, it says, But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the Egyptians became alarmed. 
Let me tell you something. The devil is alarmed because he's woken up the beast. <laughs> he's woken up something that he did not want to wake up. Man, America is alive like America has never been alive before. Revival is on the streets like revival has never been before. I said the more they were oppressed, the more they multiply. So if the devil has been messing with you, then you are a candidate for multiplication, for the blessing of the Lord. Come on, lift up a shout. Stand up and worship God. Because the more they oppressed, the more they multiplied. So the devil cannot mess with you. The more he messes with you, the more you multiply. The more you multiply. The more he shuts us down, the more alive we become. Because we are the church of Jesus Christ. Lift up a shout of praise. You may be seated. Come on, Pastor. The very foundations of the earth will be shaken. Every idea of man will be shaken, but the church of God will never be shaken because the identity of the church is in the unshaken one. It is in the blood of Christ, and we are coming in. The church is in the age of understanding the authority and the power of the blood. And this will be a generation that carries the identity. Their very identity will be in the blood. Praise the Lord. Give me five more minutes and I want to pray for you. You see, when the church multiplies, the devil gets upset. And he tries to go after the next generation. And you can see that. All over, you can see it. And the Pharaoh said, Go after the next generation. Kill all the boys. He told the midwives, the Hebrew midwives, said, when you get to the house, when they're giving birth, don't give birth, abort the babies. Kill them. It's the spirit of abortion. 
But look at verse 17. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders, and they allowed the boys to live too. They broke the spirit of abortion, and abortion will be completely annihilated and broken in this nation. In Colorado. In Colorado. God's going to speak to the dry bones and say, live, live, live. And you're going to see behind the scenes how God is moving. Because of the prayers. I love this. Verse 18. So the king of Egypt, the pharaoh, called the midwives. Why have you done this? He demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live too? Verse 19. The Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. (laughs) The midwives replied, they are more vigorous and have their babies so quickly that they cannot get there in time. Are you ready for God to bless you so quickly and so powerful and break through to be in your life so quickly that the devil can't get there in time to mess it up? People are like, what happened? It's a prophetic word. The breakthrough is about to happen so quickly that the devil won't be able to get there in time. And listen to this. Verse 20. So God was good to the midwives, and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Which means they were barren. Which means they were crying out, God, please hear my prayer. The doctors told me that I'll never have kids. The doctors told me that it was impossible. That my dream was impossible. Maybe somebody has been telling you that your dream is impossible. You don't have the right background. You don't have the right past. You don't have the right education. You don't have the finances. But let me tell you, when you fear God, even the things that are impossible to man become possible to God, and God will cause the barren to bring forth fruit. This is our God. This is our God. I want you to stand with me. And if you can play a little bit, that'd be wonderful. Hallelujah. Oh, man. There he is. 
just lift up your hands and worship Him. Oh, how we love you. You are the one. Our hearts adore. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one. Our hearts adore. Just sing that from your spirit. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Jesus, we love you. And though I we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Just continue singing that. Right now, God is taking the things that were barren and he's bringing forth fruit right now. He's healing you right now. He's bringing back the dream. The dream that you thought died. The resurrection power of Christ is resurrecting that dream right now. The things that you forgot about, the things that you were told and prophesied over when you were a teenager. God is bringing those things back to life right now. Right now. And even there are people in this room and you have been told by the doctor that you're barren and that you'll never bring forth fruit. God is healing you right now. Because the devil can't stop the next generation. And it's not just in this, in this room right now. It's, it's your daughters. It's your grandchildren. You see, there's an anointing, there's an impartation that as you touch them, God's going to do a miracle. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The other thing that I want to do today is if you feel like you are like the midwives, they refuse to follow the king's orders. They refuse to listen to the devil. They feared God. And if you're fighting for your family, if you're fighting for the prodigals to come home, I want you to run up to the front right now. Run up to the front right now. The prodigals are coming home. 
The prodigals are coming home. The prodigals are coming home. And the beautiful thing about the prodigal is although he messed up, he knew things that the older son did not know. He had an understanding of sonship. He had an understanding of sonship. But the older son, he didn't even know that you could throw a party. He didn't even know you could invite the friends in. Let me tell you something. When the prodigals come home, they're going to have an understanding of sonship. They're going to become so alive with the fire and the presence of God that the years that were stolen from them will come back to them in an instant. That the years that they lost, God will restore and they will become mighty evangelists. They will shock the darkness. And so, Father, I pray for every single person in this place. Every single person right now, Lord. The fire of God. The fire of God. Every single person, Lord Jesus. Every single prodigal running back home to the presence of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Fire. 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 <laughs> fire on this generation on our kids on our grandkids fire the fire of the Holy Ghost the fire of the Holy Ghost thank you fire of the Holy Ghost Fire of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh, the devil is a liar. <laughs> oh, he laughs. Jehovah laughs from the throne room. <laughs> the nations are as dust before him. <laughs> Revival is in the land. As we close, just lift up your hands right now. Say, Jesus, Holy Spirit, 
I make a decision today that I will be filled up with the presence. I will get drunk with the wine of the Holy Ghost so that I can be poured out to the world. In the name of Jesus, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I have received today, so I will give today. In the restaurants, in the coffee shops, in the workplace, I will give. I will pour out your spirit. I will shift the atmosphere. And my sons and my daughters, they will prophesy. The young men, they will see dreams. And you will pour out your spirit upon all flesh. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.